Well, welcome. Uh, we're, we're getting prepared or we're going to have our, our second podcast with, uh, in the midst of uh, the shutdown because of the virus. And uh, uh, I'm here with Mara. Mara, you want to say hello? Hello again. And Josh is here. Josh was sick last week and, and he's still with us, Josh. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, everyone. And so we're um, just let you know before we start the podcast that the building is closed down through April 5th, and that's going to give Craig and some others the time to sanitize the building, and hopefully we'll be back to normal on April 5th. But, of course, everybody knows this is a fluid situation, so just watch for future announcements. We're, we're preparing uh, for the worse and hoping for the best and making some plans in case this goes much longer, but I hope you're all hunkered down, and that means staying in your house and safe. And so we're going to be in Matthew 25, 14 through 30 today, and, and uh, th- this is the, the parable of the man who gave five talents and two talents and one talent to his, his servants. And th- this is a place near the end of Matthew's gospel, and Jesus has entered into Jerusalem, and there's this series of parables where Jesus talks about the end and, and his return and what will happen in the return. He talks about the kingdom and what the kingdom should look like. And included in this, uh, he talks about, Matthew uses this phrase, the kingdom of heaven. And Matthew is talking about, Jesus is talking about uh, the kingdom of heaven in this parable. And so Mara is going to read the passage and then give us some thoughts on that. Mara, go ahead. All right. So again, this is Matthew 25, 14 through 30. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who gave his own slaves, who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who had received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled his accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave in the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, let's let's kind of walk through this together. And and Josh, you were talking about what, we were talking about this yesterday, what a talent is. What, what, what's a talent represent in this culture? Yeah, so uh, a, a talent is basically a, uh, a sum of money, uh, a certain amount of denarii, essentially. Um, 
but but the point of it is 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 I, I don't think it's so much the exact amount of money, um, but but basically a lot of money, um, and so uh, a talent um, is is several years uh, of, of wages, and so yeah, I, I don't think that the point is exactly how much money. It's just the fact that this is a very large sum of money that that each slave is entrusted with. I think you said something about yeah, twenty years or up to yeah, 20 yeah. Years. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was it was close to twenty years wages that that these guys got. Mm-hmm. Mara, as you walked through that, what what did you see? So again, um, remember that the title of this whole series is revealed. So we're talking about parables, and parables are stories that often do not mean what they look like they mean at face value. Jesus told these stories, and it often was very confusing for his listeners because they would maybe think that they knew where he was going with it and then realize, and I mean, I feel like even as we've talked about this, we realize the more we dig into this, the more we really question, do we, do we really know what, what any of this is really meaning or how we apply it? Um, one of the ways that I feel like most traditionally we talk about this is this idea that we have each been entrusted with things. Um, it's easy to think about that as being money, but it doesn't have to be just money. It can be your time. It can be your health. It can be the people around you, that we all have um, the sphere of influence in our lives and that we're going to be held accountable for how we use that and how we make the most of the opportunities that we have to use any and all resources that have been given to us. That's good. And you, and you mentioned there are there are hard things in this passage. And Josh, we were talking about this uh, Yesterday, just this ideal, if, if this man is God, this ideal that he is a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed, that, that's a hard image of God. And, and so some people push back against this parable uh, because of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think when, you, <clears throat> when you look at it at, at kind of face value, it certainly uh, causes some question that, you know, is this master God? Because it it, it can certainly paint a picture that is uh, not the 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 picture of God that we uh, that we're comfortable with or that we're that we're used to. Yeah. It's um, so so he's given this master is given substantial assets. The, the, the thing that stuck out to me was the master, the, the slave that didn't use what was given to him. He, he didn't give he didn't use what he was given because he was afraid. Uh, there there was a fear of of taking a risk, and um, I, I think there's a, a lesson to be learned, and, and fear can drive us from making the most of every, every opportunity. What do you guys think about the ideal of fear keeping us from leading well or serving well? Yeah, um, I think fear stems from kind of a, a place of, of self-preservation. Um, to, to be fearful is to, to be concerned about myself my success, my even my survival, um, I, I think that's kind of the basis of fear. And so when we act out of fear, whether it be in investing these talents or, or whatever it is, um, if, we're, if we're only acting out of a place of self-preservation, um, then I think that that is allowing fear to dictate, uh, to dictate what we do. And so when we, when we lead from a place of that, or even when we... Um, when we, we serve from a place of that, we're, we're not truly, uh, I don't believe we're truly giving it our all. We're kind of holding something back because we're worried about um, ourselves. And, and I think even our finances, we, we can use our finances from the place of fear, and, and that leads to hoarding, 
where we can use our finances from a place of hope and opportunity. And I think that leads us to generosity. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think fear can also come from a place of comparison. Like, I feel like as I'm looking through here, it mentions something about giving to them according to their ability. So the servant who received one, I feel like there was already a bit of maybe an inferiority complex. He did not feel like he was um, as trustworthy as the others. And so I feel like we can kind of translate that to how we look at other people maybe having more resources or being more gifted or being more well-spoken or better at connecting with people, and almost like we're just afraid we're not going to do it as well as someone else. We're not going to be able to make as big of a difference. And it's easy for that to kind of trap us into, it would be better for me not to do it because I'm worried I'm going to do it wrong, or it's just not going to matter. That's good. good. And you see that a lot in the church. You see a lot of people, just to use it in practical, how, how you traditionally see this parable used, you'll see a lot of people that won't serve in certain areas because they're not convinced they can do a super job. Right, right. And um, and sometimes you just don't know until you try. Right. <laughs> I think we, speak, just speaking of in the church, I I think that sometimes we contribute, just in general, the, the church, we contribute to placing talents or gifts or skills kind of uh, in a hierarchy. Oh, so um, true. Right, like so, you know, if I want to be a really good Christian, my next step is that I'm supposedly called to the ministry or called to be a missionary and we've put these like these gifts and these talents on on this some sort of weird hierarchy where like you know oh i'm just whatever i'm just whatever it is um so uh, it's not as uh, significant i guess right yeah we don't do a good job maybe of celebrating some of those places where people are serving where it is it's hidden it's not a from the platform kind of a service, yeah. but it is so valuable. It's a hug. It's a smile. It's it's taking care of our, our littlest so that parents mm-hmm. can enjoy a worship service where they aren't worrying about a crying baby. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I'm thinking, of, I, I believe it's in Galatians that talks about God gifting people for the benefit of the body, for the for the edification, for the growth of the body. And I think when when Paul's writing that he's not just thinking about the body that's here, but the body that needs to be here. It's the kingdom. And so God, God has gifted us all in certain ways, and, and, and those, those gifts are meant to do something, uh, to build something, to grow something. And uh, he gives us freedom to, to have family and, and jobs and do other things as well and enjoy those. But, but ultimately, I think there's a kingdom that we're called to, to be a part of and to build. Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking about last week, we talked about how each of us is unique and irreplaceable. And like, that's the whole point that he would recklessly leave the 99 to chase the one. Well, that is because we have all been uniquely gifted. We've all been uniquely sourced. We have a unique uniqueness about us that makes us such a valuable part of the body. And when we forget that, um, yeah, we aren't really leaning into, into where he has placed us and what, what he can do with us if we're just willing to be open. That's awesome. Um, what do you guys think about the risk the other slaves took? I mean, if it really is, if five talents represents, a talent represents 20 years of wages, uh, the, the five risked 100 years yeah. of wages. So, so there's a, an element of, of the, the first two slaves risk big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, this is something, that in reading this this morning as I was preparing, this is kind of, Something that struck me. Um, essentially, they uh, they got 100% return on investment. They doubled their money. Um, which, if you're 
investing, well, obviously right now, <laughs> you're not going to come close to doubling, um, uh, but anytime to invest something and to double your, your money, uh, if it happens at all, is going to take a significant amount of time. Um, and if it is going to happen um, in any sort of reasonable amount of time, it's got to be in a risky, uh, it's got to be a risky investment. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I and so, so this kind of led me to, to, to wondering what would, what would the master's response have been if uh, these two first slaves had, had taken these big risks and then um, actually lost the money because the return on investment wasn't as big. I, I, I wonder what his response to that would be because it seems to be not necessarily um, the amount of money that was made, the return on investment, because if you actually uh, look ahead to the third uh, slave, he said you could have at least just put it in the bank and, and got interest, um, no risk at all, and, and, and got some. So uh, it seems to be that, um, that that he's not so much worried about that doubled, uh, re- that, that, that big return on investment. So I just wonder what what would the master's response be if they had risked it all? They had not. They weren't worried about self preservation, and, and they weren't. Um, operating from a place of fear, and they risked this, but then didn't actually have that huge return on investment. So I think, yeah, the, the point there is, um, are, are, we, are we willing to risk things um, with, with the things that we've been entrusted with? And, and I think that's a, an interesting conversation. Of course, this guy in the parable, if it's not God, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a little bit hard to gauge, but, but I think we're called to risk. Uh, as I would understand the the entire scripture, I think we're called to risk, and it's not about what comes from the risk, but our willingness to walk in faith. Um, I think it's Mother Teresa that has said that God called her to be faithful, not successful. And so there, there is a call of faithfulness, and, and part of being faithful, well, let me ask you, is part of being faithful being willing to take a risk? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Um, I think, I think to be faithful forces us to go places that we can't go if we're operating out of a place of fear. Um, if we're worried about comparing ourselves with with other people, or if we're worried about uh, our self preservation, um, I don't think that we can truly um, be who we're supposed to be, be who Christ has called us to be. Um, if we're if we're operating from places of fear yeah yeah I agree I think if you're if you're faithfully following then you are committed no matter what and so I feel like sometimes we can't always see around the next bend and so it is it's going to feel risky it's going to feel like we are um, maybe sometimes just putting it all out on the table and not sure not sure how it's going to end up but we're willing to take that next step and um, yeah I think that there is risk involved I think if there's not then that means that we know the future we know how things are going to turn out and that just isn't that isn't the view that we've been given you know, I think with the, the, the groups you both have the opportunity to lead, uh, the students, those not out of high school and still in elementary school, uh, I think it's easier for them at times to risk because they've not established, they've not had any set patterns. Uh, it's all just endless possibilities of what they can do and where they can go. Uh, but but, but I, I think as, as we age, sometimes our our successes become the things that bind us most. 
uh, that, that we tend to gravitate towards what's worked in the past. And uh, I think this is an invitation for all of us to, um, to be willing to risk when it's from God, not just to risk, but when it's from God to be willing to risk and to encourage our kids that, um, encourage our kids, I would say it this way, encourage our kids to not be afraid of failure. <laughs> I, I think this generation's afraid of failures oh, yeah. and uh, failure is not a bad thing. Some of the best lessons I've learned in my life have come not from my successes, but my failures. And, and so I would encourage parents to, to really encourage their kids to risk big, uh, to, to sometimes crash and burn, not, not, not literally, uh, but, but in the things they try, it's okay. Yep. And, and we can embrace, embrace that when we risk. What other thoughts you guys see in here? This, so this literally just popped in my head as we were, you're, you're asking about risk. Um, but you know whether <clears throat> whether the master is God or, or whatever position you want to take there, um, I was just thinking it, it struck me the risk that the master took here. Um, he risked a significant amount of money um, in entrusting it to his slaves, mm. um, That's good. who very easily could have. Um, I mean, <laughs> taken it and ran right. Um, but just to um, just to entrust that amount of money uh, to to his slaves, um, and and then the kind of the uh, the follow up there is that um, he says you were you were faithful in a few things I, I will put you in charge of many things enter into the joy of your master and so he risked and then um, and then kind of the reward for the uh, for the, the slaves was that they almost essentially it seems as though uh, maybe no longer a, a uh, on the level of slave, but enter into the joy of your master is almost like this kind of uh, equalization of, amongst them. So I, don't, I, don't, I guess I don't really know what the implications of that are, but it just struck me uh, the risks that the master was willing to take for his slaves. That's good. Right, and I was just kind of trying to keep in mind, realizing that he, he wasn't necessarily giving them this money. He was entrusting them with it. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, all of these resources, all of this still belonged to the master like so this wasn't their money it wasn't a question of rich and poor it was that they had something that they were entrusted with that wasn't actually theirs and so I'm trying to think in my mind like how does that change if I really think about the fact that my money my time my health my family my friends they aren't really mine they aren't things that I possess but rather I'm just a channel for how I use that to um I don't know to serve other people to love other people to use the opportunities, if this is God, to use the opportunities that God's given us yeah. right. in the right way. And to kind of hold them loosely because they aren't really my possessions. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's, if it's not yours, it, it certainly, it's hard for us to to hoard. I know we kind of talk about hoarding versus sharing. Uh, if it's not actually ours, that right. totally changes the perspective of, of if we're going to hoard it or if we're going to share it. That's good. Yeah. Like the toilet paper. <laughs> if you have it, share it. Once it's again, you have toilet. toilet paper at the church, $25 a roll. Oh, it's going up. Yeah. <laughs> Inflation. The economy's going bad. We've got to yeah, raise yeah, prices. got to do something. Well, Mara, what, what's the one takeaway you'd encourage kids to see in this passage? I would want especially um, our kids to see that I want, I want you to look behind, beyond the money and all of that aspect and just really think about the things that you can do that would make a difference for people around you. Um, 
kids, you guys are such fantastic artists and you are so creative. And I would love to see you guys finding ways to share that, whether it's mailing a letter, mailing a picture to someone here at church, to a friend, a family member. We, we aren't able to have that regular connection, but um, you guys love to get mail. Other people love to get those handwritten things too, something that's not a bill, something that's not bad news. Um, other ways, I mean, if your parents are okay with this, film a quick video and send it to someone. Just say hi, um, sing a song, post it on Facebook. If there was ever a time that we should be sharing cute things our kids are doing on Facebook, like this, this could be the season for that. Like ways that we are... Um, yeah, showing that there is still hope, there's still joy, even even in the middle of all this. That's good, Josh. Yeah, uh, I, I think <clears throat> I'm thinking uh, two different two different thoughts here uh, for for teenagers. Um, one, in given this the current situation that we're in, um, the truth is is we, we do have most of us have more free time, um, and so my encouragement uh, for for you teens would be, how are you using um, this time? I think it's easy to, again, to use the hoarding versus the sharing thing. It's easy to hoard the extra time that we have, right? It's easy to say, I've got so much extra time, and so I'm going to play more uh, video games, whatever that video game Spence is playing be. video games and watching TV at the same time. <laughs> multitasking. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, there's something to be said for multitasking. <laughs> um, and, and this is a temptation. I don't think it's just for teens, so don't no, hear, don't no. mishear me there. It's, it's for that. I... I uh, um, I find myself thinking, what game can I play next on my on my phone? Um, but how can you not hoard your time, this extra time that you have? Maybe it's, going, I know the Hope Center is packing lunches uh, basically every day for the next few weeks. And so maybe it's just going over there for, for a morning and, and helping to pack with, with the lunch. Maybe it's just, uh, it's like Mara said, reaching out, uh, writing a letter uh, to teens. Teens aren't as good as artists as the kids, or at least <laughs> maybe they are, but it's tougher to see them. <laughs> the older you get when you draw bad. Um, but but sending a card, um, anything. But I think uh, maybe in the bigger picture beyond the current situation and crisis that we're in um, is just this idea, uh, and, and Paul kind of touched on this, uh, you're in a place where you are thinking about your entire future. Um, you're thinking about where your life is going to go, what you're going to do, how you're going to use your, your talents and your skills that God has given you. Um, and it is, it's easier and more comfortable to kind of stick with the easy, comfortable route where you know that you can, you know, you can, you can be successful. You can find that successful job. It's, uh, but you're in a position where you can, uh, you can take risks. Uh, you can try, try things. I tell teenagers all the time, uh, if you think that you're interested in doing something, try it. Uh, for instance, if you think you're, you know, God may be calling you to children's ministry. Volunteer with Mara, and you may find out that you hate kids, and then you're probably Nobody not called. Hates kids. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you don't do well, you might not be called to children's. I think that no. you're in a prime position uh, to be able to take risks and to try things uh, and go big, man. If there's something that God has entrusted you with, go big. Um, and if you fail, guess what? You've got a you've got a family. You've got a church that is here to. To walk with you, uh, we we can't necessarily fix everything, but we can walk with you in the midst of that failure. Uh, but but be willing to to go big. That's good. Well, there are a lot of them. Um, I mean, this has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed this. We, we of course we have notes and stuff, but I've been amazed as we've had the conversation how 
how unscripted this becomes as we talk about God's Word. As an aside, in the midst of this current crisis, I think that this is an opportunity for you to do some deep dives into the Bible. Uh, maybe do some study and, and use your iPhone or your phone to have some conversations with people. I've been having all sorts of conference calls just on my, my iPhone. And so you could do two or three people and just talk about Scripture. I, I, I heard that Netflix is slow streaming. God never slow streams from the Word. And so <laughs> I just encourage you to, to dive deep. Uh, this, this is an opportunity. Uh, this really is an opportunity. Uh, what, what we're going through now is an opportunity to do some different things. What we're doing here, the podcast, the conversation, we've talked about doing these for months, probably since I've been here. We've talked about setting down and doing this kind of format to, to present scriptures and present a conversation. And this has forced us to do it. So it's an opportunity to try some things, to take some risk. It's an opportunity to, to practice generosity instead of hoarding. It's, it's an opportunity to practice hope instead of fear. It's an opportunity to, to practice trust instead of despair. So, so I hope that, that we see it in that way, that, that God works through all things for our good and his glory. And even in this present uh, situation, I refuse to call it a crisis. I've called it crisis, but it's not a crisis. It's a situation. It's a, it's a time. Uh, it's a season. This, too, will pass. And when it passes, I, I'm praying that we'll be a stronger church and stronger people because we'll be intentional about building connections uh, with one another. So, so you have resources. You have your phones, social media. Maybe this is God's opportunity. Maybe this is God sanctifying social media and, and taking it from the political conversations. You have time like you've never had. Uh, use that time. Uh, I'm recommending or I'm asking that you find seven people a week that you call and check on. Um, I'm asking that as you, as you call those people that you reach out to me and let me know so I can make sure our congregation is cared for. You can send me an email at pastorpaulmills at gmail.com. You can call me. Most of you have, your, have my number. If you don't, um, you know, I, I don't know if I want to put it on the podcast, <laughs> but it's out there, and, and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure that you get that so you can let me know. What other opportunities do you guys see? Anything else you want to add? Yeah, I, I was just thinking here. Um, I, I, think, I think maybe it should be said. It probably goes without saying. But when we're saying be risky in a time like this, we're not saying ignore all of the suggestions <laughs> of like, yeah, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, and obviously this probably doesn't need to be said, but lick all the door it's, handles. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not, but I think so, uh, as I was saying through that, <clears throat> I think it goes back to that point of uh, self preservation versus the good of the community, right? Like uh, to, to be risky and not worry about myself, okay, I can go lick doorknobs and, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, go, and ignore all restrictions that are, that are in place because I'm not scared about myself. Well, that's totally missing the point of this, right? right. Is, um, it, we're, we are still operating from a place of concern for other people. And so, uh, so yeah, just don't be risky, but don't, don't be crazy. Yeah, we're seeing it more as an opportunity to be creative. creative. I mean, I was just yeah. getting back to um, telling Josh, I'm like, I feel like I'm going back to the 90s. Our kids are starting a pen pal project with each other. <laughs> we're all about trading friendship bracelets and those kinds of things where I was like, I feel like that's almost been, been lost for our kids. Like this idea of, of even getting mail regularly is just not so big. Yeah. And so part of me, like there's an excitement as sure. I get to watch maybe my kids experiencing a different way to connect with people. And um, I'm choosing to kind of see the, the good in that. Um, but also, yeah, I want to make sure we aren't, we aren't missing people. We aren't having people that are feel isolated because that right. is just such a burden. And um, so, yeah, we're looking for ways that we can alleviate that and help with, with our people that are not 
they're not having as much social interaction as they as they want right now because because they just can't. Yeah, and I guess so. I would say just encouragement for if if you know of people even within our own congregation who are who are feeling especially lonely at this time, um, let us know as the as, as the pastoral staff. Let us know so that we can make sure that we're not we're not missing anyone. Yeah, we want to watch out for each other. Good. All right. Well, that's that's it for this week. There'll be additional resources coming out. Mara sending out resources. Josh just with the yep. youth as well, and and we're going to be around. And and uh, ho- hopefully, uh, my my prayer is that by April fifth things start resolving. Um, but if if not, uh, we're going to um, we're going to try to continue to be creative because we believe we serve a creative God, and and God is not quarantined. <laughs> he is not restrained, and so even in the midst of of this time, we can trust a God that comes to our rescue. Mara, would you close us in prayer today? I would, yeah. Heavenly Father, um, God, in this time, we are just, we're so thankful for, for you and for each other and for um, your faithfulness, Lord, that um, even when we are absent from each other, Lord, that we are still very present um, with you and that you are with us. Lord, I pray that you would guide us as we, as we look for the ways that um, you may be leading us to be a little risky, to get a little creative in how we connect with each other. Lord, show us the, um, the resources that we've been blessed with and um, challenge us to use those for, for your kingdom, for your glory. Lord, help us as we continue to navigate um, what our world looks like right now, calm our fears. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to um, give us your peace and your comfort and allow us to um, make wise decisions for us and for our families. Um, and also for those around us. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Have a good day.